Hello, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check. And this week I'm with Deborah Norville, the longtime host of Inside Edition, and we are talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by Making the Media, a podcast from Avid, exploring the forces that shape the media, news, and entertainment business. The latest episode features Avid's Craig Wilson interviewing Bruce McCormick from an initiative called Project Origin. That's a coalition of the BBC, CBC Radio Canada, the New York Times, and Microsoft, and it's dedicated to ensuring viewers can trust the media that they are watching. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Give it a try. Hello, Deborah. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very glad you could be here with me today. Yeah, um, it's good to talk to you for, a, it's been a while. Uh, the last time I checked in, you were producing your show remotely, and yeah. now you are obviously back in the office and back yeah, in back in New York with uh, all the tchotchkes and stuff I've collected over the years. And if they ever do a broadcast version of Hoarders, I think I might be the star uh, of this show. I've got okay. a lot of fun stuff in here. It's good. Okay, though. excellent. So I wanted to talk to you today because of the Broadcasters Foundation of America. You have been yeah. very involved with this group, and this group is in a time of need right now. So I want to um, have a bit of a chat about that now. You have been closely involved with this foundation for years. Can you tell me how you came to be involved with them? Yeah, and I actually don't know, Michael, how many years it is. It's well over 20 years. Um, the group was introduced to me by a, a fellow broadcaster, and I was immediately um, in complete agreement with what the mission of the Broadcasters Foundation of America is. We are simply the safety net for broadcasters who hit on hard times. and. If you think about it, the average person in our business doesn't make, I don't know, um, name your famous broadcaster. You know, they don't make that kind of money. They don't make Nora O'Donnell money. They don't make, you know, Hoda Kopke money. They make on average $60,000 a year. And what that means is when you hit a speed bump in life, whether it's you become ill and you're unable to work, there's a medical crisis in your family and you need to be able to care for that person. When the day in, day out, money isn't coming in, you are really in a very difficult situation. Our mission is to make sure that no broadcaster with legitimate demonstrated need goes unanswered. So what we do is we have um, a staff that take requests. And if you or someone you know who's listening to this conversation uh, is a broadcaster or has a connection to broadcasting. You could have been a, a broadcast salesperson. You could have been the, you know, the TV time salesperson. You could have been the director. You don't have to be the person on camera. If you have worked in the broadcasting industry, radio, television, we're here for you. And if somebody you know is on hard times, go to broadcastersfoundation.org and just click on the button right on the landing page. It says, I need help or apply here. And what we'll do is we'll ask you questions and we have a very strict policy that vets all of these requests. If it's a medical thing, we, we ask permission to talk to your doctors. But once we've demonstrated that you are in true need, we will make a no strings attached monthly grant to get you through that difficult situation and keep you on your feet so that you can get back on your feet. And Excellent. we have a lot of success stories. 
Yeah, yeah, excellent idea. I mean, the foundation has distributed over $13 million, I read, to broadcasters in need over the past 20 years. Yeah. So that's that's pretty significant. Now, normally the broadcast foundation uh, has a series of events where it does yeah. crucial annual fundraising. There's the Golden Mike Awards dinners, uh, golf tournaments, of course, and none of this has been able to happen, of course, since the pandemic began. So, you know, ironically, you probably have greater need among the community than ever before, but there can't be any fundraising in person. So that's presented a bit of a quandary to the foundation. It really has. And, and I'm so grateful on behalf of all of us at the foundation that you allowed me to come on and talk for a couple of minutes about what we do, because we do need people who are able to support our mission. And it's we're 501c3, any contribution you make is fully tax deductible. Um, you can look up our IRS form 990s and see how how frugal we are with your contributions. Our office space is donated by a company involved in broadcasting. Um, we, we, we're lean and mean. So if you donate $500 to us, the majority of that $500 is going to go from your pocket to our bank account, straight out to somebody who needs it. And, and the kinds of stories I think might be useful for people listening to hear. Um, several years ago, I interviewed a, a wonderful, wonderful couple um, the gentleman was a cameraman for WSBA in Spartanburg, and his newlywed wife was an evening news producer, and she was stuck in traffic trying to get to the station. There'd been some accident or something on the freeway ahead of her. The accident involved her husband. A tire had been rolling down the freeway. He swerved to miss it, hit the median, was in a terrible car crash, was paralyzed, unable to obviously tow a camera around. She had to care from him, so she had to step away from her job. And the Broadcasters Foundation was there for them. And in fact, you can go to my website, DebraNorville.com, and if you click on the video tab, you'll actually see their story um, because they were, they were kind enough to let me share their story so that people could know how the Broadcasters Foundation um, can support people. Another uh, family that we supported, and, and everything is anonymous. These are people who've allowed us to share their stories because they, they believe that it will help other people understand why our work is so important. Uh, this was a guy called Vinny Toscano, and Vinny was a radio broadcaster in New Jersey. And in the story that we, we shared, I actually had an actuality of him on the air on 9-11, talking about you know, how many people in the area in New Jersey who would have been probably in lower Manhattan at the time of the, the planes hitting the buildings. Anyway, Vinny ended up developing a very aggressive form of cancer and ultimately lost his battle with cancer. The Broadcasters Foundation supported Vinny and his wife and kids during his cancer battle. And we made sure through our support to support his wife after he passed away. And, he, and I'm gonna get chills as I'm telling you this, but one of my most proud moments, and I think all of us at the foundation was we were having our Golden Mike event when we could still have events. And Mrs. Toscano came to the podium and talked about her story. And she said, X number of months ago, I told the Broadcasters Foundation I no longer needed their support, but I would appreciate it if they would send it on to another family who did. So we were able to get this family through a really difficult financial and obviously emotional crisis, keep them on their feet, keep that family together. And now she's able to encourage others to support as we were able to support her.
Well, those are those are great stories. Um, and I think that probably every GM and news director watching this probably knows of someone in need right now, knows someone who perhaps has benefited from this. And it's just a, a fantastic foundation without a lot of bureaucracy getting in the way between the, the funding and the people who need it. So yeah. That's now, and, you know, uh, here's the thing. We work in broadcasting. Um, I have an amazing life. I'm from North Georgia. My hometown is where they make wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. How I ended up in the television industry as a, a broadcaster at the national level is something I am eternally grateful for. And because I'm so grateful, I am thrilled to be able to give financial support to this organization. Because I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said something about it is incumbent upon all of us to support the profession from which we make our living. If you're a broadcaster and you have a few extra dollars in your pocket, think about how lucky you are to live the life you live because you're a broadcaster. And if you could see your way to just send $25, $50 our way, if you got more, we'll take it, we'd be thrilled. But even those small, small contributions are huge because we're able to, to, to leverage that into meaningful support, life-changing support for people who need it desperately. So people can do this by going to the website, broadcastersfoundation.org, which we'll yep. also have on the screen here. And there's a donate button, very easy to find on the site. You should do it. You should give what you can because this is a crucial time. It's a yes. fantastic organization. Now, Deborah, I can't let you go without asking you again about Inside Edition, because again, as, as before, the last time we talked, you were producing this remotely. Um, you are back in the studios now, obviously, and, and mm -hmm. working from there. Um, you know, how, tell me, how, how are things right now? How, how is production going? Production is going great. And I have to say, um, I believe you and I spoke before January. I think it was, you know, during 2020 that we had our conversation. And after you and I spoke, Inside Edition lost two members of our team to the coronavirus. Um, one of our cameramen out in California um, became ill with COVID and our managing editor, who's in charge of our investigative unit, which as you know, is such a, a signature part of our, our reporting operation. Um, Bob Reed was diagnosed like on December 14th and he lost his battle with um, coronavirus shortly after the new year. So we have been impacted in a really sad and devastating way, just us as an Inside Edition family. And that was really hard because we weren't together when that happened. And so we had to find a way to mourn collectively through Zoom. We had, we had so many little boxes and everybody was just sharing their stories and it was just, it was really cathartic. And, um, and we gave the recording of that to Bob's family and, and I know it was very meaningful for her. Um, so that was hard, but we never, we never stopped doing what we do. And I think our affiliate stations have been very grateful to us because we did not miss a single day. We fed new fresh material every single day. We, we filled our order and, and we gave good, good material and good entertaining, watchable, informative shows. Um, the ratings were really solid. And now we're back in the office and I have to say, I really tip my hat to CBS who has gone to incredible lengths to make sure that everybody feels safe and feels protected as we've come back into the office. A lot of our team are still working remotely and you know, doing Slack meetings and stuff like that. But we have a core group of you know, line producers and of course the studio people and myself who are back in the office and we get tested regularly. Um, now the mass mandate has been relaxed in New York, but 
a lot of people feel more comfortable wearing the masks and you know it may be coming you know, back we're getting soon it done with we're the getting Delta. it done it may be coming back soon with the delta variant though we're all concerned well, as we should be um so just lastly let me ask you you know the show has been through you know as, as all shows have been through the gauntlet of this experience and this long period of remote production how has the show changed around this what do you think the long-term impact on the show is going to be on the other side of this crisis that's a good question and um obviously it remains to be seen but i'd be willing to bet that we will be a much more nimble organization as a result of this. Um, no longer is it necessary to be in the office on the desktop computer to write your script or to, for me to write, you know, what I say in the studio. Um, we've, we've now got VPNs and everything set up so that we can do it remotely. Our editors, for the most part, are all still remote. There may be some people for whom it really works for their life that they stay remote remote and i think we've got a management team that recognizes the reason we were able to be successful throughout this covid pandemic was because the company and our producing bosses were being very very purposeful and intentional about meeting the staff where they were and everyone has experienced covid in very different ways and so everyone's comfort level may not be the same and, and it's really wonderful to see the understanding that's a part of that. So I think because of that, people on the receiving end of that understanding are so grateful, and I've written books about gratitude. When you're grateful, you actually extend yourself more. So the result of having um, bosses that meet you where you are is you bend over backwards to deliver, to do more, to, to be more creative. So it's really a win-win ultimately for the viewers. We're gonna have a better show as a result of sort of this collective, what's the best way for us to go forward as we do this? And obviously Inside Edition is not unique. Every television operation is going through their own iteration of this. And, and ultimately that means great content, innovative content, creative content is being produced. And that's a good thing for our industry. It is indeed. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. Uh, remember, uh, for all watching and listening, broadcastersfoundation.org and donate what you can. Thanks. It's always good to talk to you, Deborah. Nice to see you too. Thanks so much. Cheers. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thank you.